hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. So do you believe in things that go bump in the night? UFOs, flying saucers, and... Well, you know, they've been seeing a lot of them nowadays. You know that, you know? Things of that nature. Yes. We are not alone. They're <laughs> out there. Apparently, they're in California, too. They went to the land of Lala uh, and showed up last night. The, you know, the big triangles, you've seen them. They're perfect triangles. Yep. And they got the one light in the, uh, you know, up at the very tip top of the triangle. Then they go down and all the way, you know, is around it, the is thing. It's similar to, if you see the picture of the Phoenix lights back in 1997. Exactly. It looks yeah. almost exactly like those. And it was like a close-up shot because people are taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, you know, it, it's an interesting time. When for these things to show up now, I, I'm fascinated by you. Yeah, I am I, too, because I, I, no one really knows where they're coming from. <laughs> well, I don't think that we're alone. Let's put uh-huh. it that way. Right. You know, I, I think that there's stuff out there. You know, you had even mentioned once that, you know, way, you know, uh, people say that uh, we actually uh, came from Mars because Mars once was a planet. Who said that? You did. <laughs> <laughs> I was you just said that once. You don't have to tell the world. No, I, uh, you I was just speculating. I always tell. Well, you know, theory. actually, but the speculation could be right and wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, the, the reason it's wrong is it's too close to the sun. What was that book? It was Men from Mars, Women from Venus, or Venus? I mean, there was a there was a book or a story with that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, uh, Men are from Mars, and women are women from, from Venus. Venus. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, Venus. (laughs) But either way, I mean, yeah, Mars at one time Mm -hmm. was a big ball of water, just like we. Goodness gracious. And they had everything to make life. Uh You know, the primordial slime and everything, but they just didn't. It was probably because they were too close to the sun. So how did we get here, though? How, How did we get from Mars to here? Well, back when we actually got to this planet, we didn't have Google Maps. Okay. So it was a wrong turn somewhere around Pluto, and then uh-huh. we ended up here. <laughs> so getting back to the the space the spaceship, before we lose any of our listeners, uh, the the spaceship um, that was that was seen off the coast of uh, California. Or was it right it was above the city? somewhere out in California, the exact spot I don't no, know. No, it is California, so, you yeah, know, they, I, they, mean, I mean, these people, they, they see a lot of strange things on California. So, you know, I mean, it could have been just yeah, a normal they appearance. they their own shoelaces out there. I mean, when you don't have nothing else. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, gosh, what a day. You know, you have to laugh, folks, because there's so much depressing news uh, that's out, out there in the world. Do you know that... Um, there was another explosion of uh, another plant in Ohio that was pouring smoke into the atmosphere. Metal plant. Yeah. It's, uh, and molten metal was flying up yeah, in the air. Now, yes. I don't know the death toll. If there was a death toll, there were 14 people that I heard. Uh, I, I got 13 here, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and the thing is, if you took a ruler and you... You started in Cleveland, and you went down through Bedford, Ohio, and straight down, and you would go into the Palestine area and down into right. southwestern Pennsylvania. If you were a conspiracy theorist, you might say, wait a second, is it a coincidence? We got another factory belching smoke into the atmosphere. This is the same pattern as the Palestine. The poor people in Palestine, if you believe that the junk from the the air eventually comes down. It may come down in Palestine from that metallurgy plant up in uh, Bedford. Yeah, uh, they say there's no coincidence there, but, you know, that sounds like a uh, saboteur's road trip. All right, road all trip. Right. We're going to go blow some things up. Come on, now, load well, up the car. Let's, let's go. And it's funny you should use that word saboteur. Saboteur. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, you know, as, as a great, I call them like I see them. And great, this stinks of sabotage. Well, let me tell you about sabotage. People are going right now. The, the people who are the casual listeners to our program, most of those are on the left who every so often just want to see what, what kind of stuff we're talking about. They tune in and hear us talking about sabotage, and right off the bat, aha, those wackos are at it again. Well, let me tell you about it. In Philadelphia yesterday, this mm-hmm. is in the mainstream news, they found a pipe bomb 
next to the railroad track, on the railroad tracks behind the Catholic Church, you know, and they it hadn't gone off. They got it before it exploded, but it was on the rails. Now, it wasn't dropped by mistake by somebody. It was placed there, you know, right up against the rail. Now, why would they place a bomb next to the railroad tracks unless they had plans to derail a train? I'm just saying. Uh, now well, it fell out of their knapsack. They were going somewhere else, walking the tracks. You okay, know, like, I, yeah, they probably getting ready to launch one of their balloons. Um, <laughs> Either that, or they were going. It was really a firework. They were going down to Memphis to chase off the cop. Uh, not Memphis, Austin, Te- uh, Austin, Texas, okay. to chase the cops. <laughs> I got to get my towns and stories yeah, right. It's here. so confusing. So many things happening all over our country. As a matter of fact. That fire down in, in uh, Florida in Kissimmee is still smoldering. There's another. Yeah. There's another fire. Uh, it's a massive fire. It's in Doral, Florida, and that's I think still burning. I think it's in like the seventh or eighth day. And I, they told the people there to to stay inside. Don't go out and breathe that stuff in. Now, is it a coincidence that we have all this stuff burning all over the country right now? Uh, is it an accident, or could this be intentional? Well, accidents have happened. We play around with things for our vanity that we want to sit there. We, we've we gotten to like certain things, and we want them. We get the wantsies. We got to have them, so mm-hmm. they got to manufacture it. Uh, and we do manufacture it, and sometimes mistakes happen, and those things go on. And there are a lot of potential. Well, it's not a lot of potentials. They say that there's about 1,000 accidents every year. That's what, that seems P, odd. P, P, P. Buttigieg. Our on-the-spot, really good uh, transportation secretary, who, of course, as soon as the accident happened in Ohio, as soon as that happened, he hid. <laughs> and he's still hiding. Yeah. But he said... Uh, look, rail safety is something that, uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. He wants everything to be politically and whatever else correct. They want it to be, you know, uh, he doesn't have an answer for the problem, but it's it's it's... When he can put genderism in it and well, political correctness into it. Yeah, he did say it was Trump's fault, though. He really didn't yeah, have a good well, reason, but he said it was Trump's fault. But, yeah, the problem, you know, legislation he did during his years. But, okay, let's go with that narrative. And when you came into office, you didn't do a damn thing. Well, he had to go and, on vacation. He was on maternity leave for the first two months. Yeah, and he's the wife, you know. Did he, did he have stretch marks? I don't know. I never got that close. Vitamin E, they say for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, before before Trump got into office, he was a blip on the radar. Maybe not even a blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. And the same crap was going on during uh, the Biden-Obama years. So, you know what? That is a... Um, uh, that's a ding-dong door ditch with a sack of poop on Wait fire. a second. Wait a second. Uh, what? A ding-dong door ditch? Ding dong door ditch. Well, there you go. You know, it, it just Tucker said last night, and uh, by the way, he, I don't know that you're aware of this or not. This is kind of jumping around a bit. I, I apologize, but then again, I'm a former radio guy, and we do that a lot. Um, yeah, our brains. The it just, it's just the way it works. Um, yeah. But he was given access to 41 or 44,000 hours of the January, January 6th, 6th yeah. surveillance. And he's going to have video starting next week. So he's got people working on this stuff right now, going through all the many, many hours of uh, video from January 6th. He said yesterday in his show, we've already found stuff that is contradictory to the, to the narrative that uh, we've been told about January 6th. Which, when you think about it, is why the left is so hard, uh, hard pressed right now to prove mm. that Fox and uh, t- getting their their internal um, their their emails and texts to one another mm-hmm. uh, to take the narrative and, and twist it to say, oh, they've proven they're lying, they're lying, they're just a bunch of liars. It's like you know, for for anybody to be screaming liar, liar, pants they, on they fire, they haven't even seen it be CNN, and they haven't even seen the video yet. They're already saying it's a lot of nonsense to watch. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a big propaganda cover up because they know that I would I would venture to say they're going to get a they will probably get copies of that video themselves, and they will have their people going through. Okay, how do we answer this? How do we answer that? They'll spin doctor. No. Actually, Kevin McCarthy said it was going exclusively to, to, to a Tucker. Maybe they'll get it in, in a year. They'll find a way to get it. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll find a way to get it or they'll get to freedom, block they'll, it. They'll, they'll have a Freedom of Information Act or something like that. You know, if you gave or, it to or them. Or they'll block it. Yes. Give them time to get their story together because, oh, we couldn't catch them with, you know, their hand in the cookie jar. So getting back to the idea of sabotage. Sabotage, yeah. Uh, could that be a, a reality? Do you think this? Now, wait a second. We got these utility pl- uh, utilities that have been attacked. We've had people try to take down the power grids in Washington State and North Carolina. We have processing plants that have mysteriously been attacked. And when I say attacked, I'm talking about, you know, they're not little fires, folks, that burn like a shed out back at them. I'm talking... These huge processing plants in our country have been destroyed. And yesterday, Bill, yesterday, mm-hmm. I saw a picture of, of a shelf in my community, a food shelf. I haven't been into the store, but it, this is a store that I frequent. And the sign said, uh, no eggs uh, due to a, they call it the avian flu uh, problem. Not the yeah. avian flu problem, folks. Come on, I may have been well, born you know, on a, they're, I may they're... have been born on a Tuesday, but not last Tuesday. You know, and they have an experimental shot for the chickens for the avian flu. Do they really? You, know, you, you think we have a messed up egg shortage system now? Wait until they hey, start giving the birds the shot. Wait a second. They want us to get shots, and a lot of people don't want to get them for the COVID. So what's the next best thing? Give it to our food. <laughs> Give it to chickens. Oh, yeah. And then indirectly we'll get it whether we want it or not. Do you remember back in the, I mean, you were probably just a kid in diapers then, mm-hmm. but back into uh, the 70s. Yes. And, and maybe a little bit before mm-hmm. when they wanted to start uh, putting uh, chlorine and uh-huh. fluoridation into the water system. Right. Because it was good for your teeth. Yes. And it- all the people that didn't want that, you know, into the water. But, you know, the end result was where the government were going to do it anyway because it's good for you. Well, I was, I was told that so much that in the back of my mind, I still think it's good for you. Chlorine's good in the. Put some chlorine in your pool; it's really good. You know, of course, it'll turn you into a frog, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. When you go in and you get the fluoride in your mouth, or they do anything like that, they put it in. They go, okay, spit it out, get it out of there, and rinse it out. You don't want to swallow that stuff; it's not good for you. Yeah. Right. What? Well, you can swim in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can put it in the chlorine. But but you know what's really good? These same people who tell you don't to not do that, don't spit it out, they will they'll say it's a good idea to burn two hundred and fifty thousand gallons of vinyl chloride in in a pond in a trench behind houses. You know, I actually keep uh, I actually keep containers in the garage. So vinyl chloride. Any any yeah, anytime I have a fire pit going. Oh, you know, and the fire is smoldering down, and I'm a, getting ready to go in. I, I just want to give something to the neighbors. Yeah. And I throw a gallon in sure, there. Sure, you want to get your fire pit going really fast. Oh, there you go. man, I'll <laughs> tell you what. Yeah, you yeah. know, I can get a blanket and send signals to the <laughs> planes that fly can. over. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, folks, you look at these people, and the, and the administration is run by a bunch of lefties who are normally saying, you know, the environment's so important. We really have to take care of the environment because we have to be conscious of, of our of our future generations. So we have to run electric cars. You don't want to be driving around in these polluting uh, carbon-based, of, you know, fuel cars. Uh, no, no, that you don't want that. But it's okay to burn 250,000 gallons of vinyl chloride and to have a plume the size of Hiroshima. You know, that's okay. And uh, if your electric vehicle catches on fire, well, you know, it could yeah, happen, yes. but you're still green. You don't have any plans to park it in your garage, do you? <laughs> well, if it's a bicycle, you'll bring it inside so nobody steals it and you can plug it in. And it can burn up your kitchen and block your passage to get the hell out of the house uh, <laughs> when it blows up into flames. So we're being told to uh, 
to drive electric cars. We're being told to get rid of of uh, internal combustion engine cars. We've been told that fossil fuel is is bad for the world, and then they burn all this uh, this stuff that turns into phosgen, which is a poison, and they burn that with no problem. And then and they say, telling us, "Go back to your house. It's okay. It's been two days." Yeah, you know. Well, they're telling us too that they really don't want us to have cars in the next 10 or 15 years. So where does that put you right now? Let's say you got a brand new vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's not leased. You bought it. That means it's yours. And if if the changes they make, you know, take that thing and drop it to uh, 20% of its original value. If you, you, thought you If you thought your car depreciated before when you left the parking lot, you know, in the old days, they'd say, well, you spent $30,000 for that car. You know, with the day you drive off that lot, you lost like uh, $10,000 just leaving the lot. Well, now, thanks to our government, when you when you sign the papers, never mind driving off the lot, you'll lose $20,000 right off the bat. Uh, they have done so much to damage our economy, this administration. And, you know, mm -hmm. Joe, Joe says... He must think we're dumb as a box of rocks. He must think we're absolute numbskulls because he'll stand up in front of a TV camera and he'll say, the economy's turning around. Things are getting better, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, where am I? Oh, yeah, the economy's kind of turning around. That's Joe. But yeah. the sad thing is, Jim, mm -hmm. apparently the vast majority of people are dumb as a box of rocks nah. because they take that garbage and they they don't look beyond it. Oh, he said it's okay. And, you know, I'm here to tell you that maybe our economy is at such a point that no matter what you do to it to destroy it, it's pretty resilient and, come back and comes back on its own. You may not be feeling it so much, but as a whole it is because right now we're going through a big, big wholesale change of how we do business. You know, I, I would like to, to think that, as, as opposed to being dumb as a box of rocks, I would like to think that most people in our country are busy. What do I, what do I mean by that? It's because they all have their lives and their, their obligations and their jobs, and they're concentrating on their little worlds right now, and they're not paying attention to the, the bigger picture. Like, we, have a t we can do it. It's kind of our job now. We pay attention. Right. I'd like to think that when, and people have said, you know, it's going to take a while for the, the masses in our country to turn around and realize the damage that this guy is doing. But they will realize it. But you have to be patient. It's going to take some time. And I think they, whoever said that was right, because I heard this two years ago. I think people are coming around now. I, I do. Well, then, then what I, I'll correct that statement and say people are effectively dumb. They're effectively dumb because they are into their world right? and what it takes to survive in their world. They really don't have time for the outer workings, and that's where the left I was that way. I was that way. When I was a younger man and I was working every day, uh, I was not paying attention to the politics. I wasn't paying attention to what's going on in our world politically. I was just trying to figure out, oh, am I working today? Yeah. And I'm, what shift do I have? Okay, I have to get in there. What time I have to leave? Oh, and I have, to, I have to go shopping with my wife or I have to do this. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was happening in, in my little world. I'm hoping that the, the younger people are smarter than I am, and I hope they, they catch on faster than I did. And I think with the media and, and, and with technology being as it is right now, you know, when, when we were younger, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the Internet like it is today. We communicated word of mouth or we heard it on the radio or on, on television. That was about it. Maybe read a paper. Nowadays, with the snap of a finger, you can see it at, you know, on your cell phone, so you're connected. So I'm hoping younger people catch on quicker than we did and realize hey, we're on the verge of losing our country, folks, right now. It, it mm -hmm. can happen. And if we don't start doing something as a people, I'm not talking about civil disobedience or anything like that. I'm talking about calling your congressmen, calling your senators, tell them you're ticked off and you're not happy with what's going on. Things have to change. 
You have to communicate with your legislatures. You know, these people won't do a damn thing if you don't talk to them. If they don't hear from you, they'll figure, eh, they're not paying attention. But if every everybody starts to call and raise a little hell, they might change their attitude. You well, know? if they think it's going to cost them a seat uh, in Congress or in the Senate, yeah, they will because that's how they get their perks that they get. Because let's come on, they're not doing everything they do for the good of mankind and out of the kindness of their heart. It is a business. It is a job for them. Shouldn't be that way, but that's the mm. way it is. And uh, so you've got to make it. You got to make it uh, personal and. Uh, you know, where it scratches the bottom of their wallet, too. And when they see that, yeah, then they might come on board and uh, help change things for you. If you go to the mall, somebody posted a picture of the mall, and they went back in their phone. This was this mall in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to go work there today. Look at it today. And this is a liberal that posted this. And I'm sitting there going, Keep posting pictures. You'll be a Republican in no time, <laughs> uh, you know, because you're going you're gonna to start seeing what's going on. But I think that's part of the change that I'm talking about that's going on. Business new, and they, they, they there, there is a push for we're being corralled in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the globalist. And I think, you know, we talk about a, uh, we talk about a deep state and we, you know, what if there's, more than one deep state. Maybe there's one for Russia, China, us. But, you know, here's another possibility. You've got the globalists that are out there with, with everything they got. You know, and they got money. Mm -hmm. There's $9 trillion that just went to somebody somewhere, and it's not on the books, and we don't have to account for it. Right. Uh, not million, but trillion. And that's from and, us. Uh, that's from us. Yeah. But what if the globalists have their own government of sorts and their own militia of sorts and because they control all the purse strings and they're you know they're like the skunk works of of the world you know no telling what they got so you know just kind of a scary thought i like to put those in the background right now in case you can't hear it is the x-files theme again <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's interesting it's interesting you should say that i mean right now the there are people yelling at their their uh listening devices you know conspiracy theorist but you know where there's smoke there's fire right i mean that's the right. maybe beyond my abilities at the moment oh excuse me that's my watch talking to me <laughs> you know these smart things are great until they get stupid but uh anyway let me just turn that off See, you get too close to your smartwatch and you say something and she thinks that you're talking to her. You notice you know? I don't have a smartwatch. You have I don't a even have what a dumb watch. <laughs> I don't even have a Timex. You know, you the know, thing is, I, is it quit ticking? the best watch that I have, and this is not television, but I'll show you, Bill. It's it's my little pocket watch that I, I oh, have. Yeah, yeah that, that's I love that watch. You know, good old-fashioned pocket watch, but then again... You got the chain to go with it. And but you know, it yeah, but it, it just doesn't tell me the weather. But anyway... Um, My knees do that for me. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, do you think there's something to this uh, this thing about uh, sabotage? Are we, are we being attacked and we just don't know it and, and the media's not talking about it? I mean, we have utility plants, we have processing plants we have trains derailing all over the country we have we have plastics plants burning we have trains that have been hit by tractor trailer trucks we've had airplanes flying into food processing plants that people don't even hear about it's like oh it's no big deal so it was a plane that flew into a processing plant not a not a story here and you have pandemics and they were planned and you have uh underground storage facilities. Yeah. Well, we got food shortages, but we have trucks that are going in there from the major food food suppliers and they're stockpiling all this food like we are planning for a catastrophe or a major extinction. Oh my god. You know, gosh. this is like a scene out of a, an apocalyptic uh you know, a movie apocalyptic of yes. disaster. Yeah. Yes. You may say, "Oh, come on, folks. You you're making too much of this." But we have our president who when given the opportunity to go to a major environmental disaster in our country that was about 250 miles from D.C., or to hop on an airplane, his airplane, his private plane, Air Force One, fly halfway around the globe, 
go to Poland, get on a train, take the train to Kiev. It's a 10-hour train ride. He took a 10-hour train ride so he could meet with Zelensky on our President's Day. He ignored our President's Day. You know, he could have gone to uh, uh, East Palestine yesterday, and then he could have come back to D.C. and paid a visit to the Lincoln Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial. It's President's Day. Nope. He was in uh, Ukraine. To inspect their honor guard and give them more money. When he went outside with Zelensky to greet the press, this is what happened. Yes, those are air raid sirens, okay? Air raid sirens are going off as he and Zelensky went outside. And it was as if they were trying to make it look like he was in a danger zone. But the CNN reporter who was there with him had this to say. Gave it up. Listen. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. That's right. He was there for five days, heard nothing, no sirens, no bombs going off anywhere. But when Joe was walking out with Zelensky to make it look really good, first of all, Joe had on his aviator sunglasses. He looked really cool. He looked like a superhero, okay? He walks out. The air raid sirens are going off. Zelensky, now, I don't know about you, Bill, but where I come from, if I'm in a city and air raid sirens start going off, I'm not just going to hang around and keep walking along like no nothing's happening here. I'm going to hightail it to a shelter somewhere because it says to me, Something's going to land pretty soon. It might land real close to my head. And um, this guy was fearless. He looked fearless. He just kept walking with Zelensky. And I thought, this is staged. And apparently it was. Yeah. No, I I saw that too. And I heard that audio before. And I was going like, yeah. Yeah. All rehearsed. All staged. It was all there for, wow, Joy is doing a great job. He is a great leader. And you know what? He said (laughs) the economy is getting better. And it must be. You know what else happened yesterday? Uh, this this great leader, Volodymyr Zelensky. You know, most people, by the way, a year and a half ago, if you said, uh, "Do you know who Volodymyr Zelensky is?" They would have gone, "Ah." Now it's like he's the Churchill of the Ukraine. My God, he had the audacity to say that uh, he threatened that if China uh, allies itself with Russia. Uh, then there will be a World War III. Now, I thought to myself, where does this guy come off threatening China with World War III? I mean, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. In this relationship between the Ukraine and the United States, who's the dog on the leash? Looking from the outside in, I would think that the dog on the leash should be the Ukraine. We should but be. Who holding is leash. the dog on the leash? Well. I think the Ukraine thinks it's Joe. I think you're right. I think we are the dog on the leash. Yeah. I don't think he had any right to say what he said yesterday. He, he's stirring up a pot that he has no business stirring. He's, he should be just quiet. He should be accepting our, uh, our money for, and our equipment, and he should shut up. But he's out there on the world stage, Zelensky, talking as if he is a superpower. Well, he thinks he is. You know, and there's the, the debate about the minerals that they have there. And they have a lot of minerals. I mean, $15 billion a year worth of assets there. They can become a major superpower of mineral rights, which probably Russia wants. That was, was part of theirs before. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. And, you know, are we going to get that? No. Now, the one thing the United States likes to do. You know, we have every bit of resources here that they have everywhere in the world, and we have yeah. a major abundance. Now, this is where it gets weird. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to sully up our soil. Oh no, we no, no. Want, we don't want to ru- ruin our environment. You know. No, no, no. no, no. So we we'll we'll do our dirty work somewhere else, but we will sell our our mineral rights to mm-hmm. China, of course, because Joe can make some money off of that, and they'll come in and sully up our soil. 
Come so, on, so man. Wait, get wait, your heads out of your rear end. So wait a second. We got we got Biden kowtowing to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And we got Biden kowtowing to the Chinese. But when it comes to working for us, uh, going to East Palestine and helping out Americans, uh, he's nowhere to be found. Right. And your your question earlier about uh, could some of these uh, sabotage things be planned? Yeah, I would say they are. You know, the straight line is kind of an obvious give. That, that was a... Uh, that was a road trip day uh, for, oh, I'm trying to think of the movie that was out there that was a comedy. Uh, but either way. Uh, Dumb and Dumber? No, no. <laughs> what was uh, The guy's name was Tommy. You know, you do this to me, and I'll think about it. I'll myself, too. I'll think about it after the show is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the, the guy that's no longer alive, he, the, the big heavy set guy was oh, on yeah, Saturday uh, night. Oh, Ch- uh, Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley. Yes. Yeah, where they hit the road trip to sell the brakes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. it, actually. But I can't yeah, tell you the title. Yeah, this is like the same thing. Yes. You know, they're a traveling disaster, one after another, <laughs> a straight line going. Yes. And that's almost what I'm seeing here. And, you know, you talk about fake news and whatnot. Uh, I saw a story, mm-hmm. and I'm going like, I don't know the website that well. I've heard of them before. They're the real raw deal. Some of their stuff is good, some of it, but they do, they do, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to say embellish, mm-hmm. because embellish a story is lying about it, but when you sensationalize it and make it, you know, you take, bring, make yeah. it bigger than life. The, one of the headlines was, you know, that uh, the Marines went in and captured uh, some bad rogue FBI agents trying to blow up a, a power plant in Iowa. And everyone said the news media came in. Oh no 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 no! That that is a satirical oh, that's, site. That's ridiculous. You it's know, a that, fake news. But Bill, but Bill, then, then they talked to the FBI, and the FBI spokesman said, "Oh hey, yeah, you know, no that that's a satirical site. Although we do have agents out investigating all of these different sites, and they could be anywhere." Wait a second, Bill. You're saying that our government might have some nefarious actors in it? I mean, that would be like saying, God, maybe like the CIA or something was involved with the Kennedy assassination. Wouldn't that be... <laughs> wouldn't oh, that, that be would strange? be so funny. Oh, 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 oh my God. man. And, and you know what? Yeah. You know, the... the you know, Trump and Russiagate, that was that was just really a, a made-up story. Yeah, oh. spying on the president of the United States. Who would do that? <laughs> that would never happen. Never. never. Oh, Not in a God. month of Sundays. Oh, gosh. Pretty soon they'll be raiding a president's house. Oh, that'll never happen. Never. Not in my lifetime. We have to wonder whether there are things that are happening in our country right now uh, that... Uh, that a criminal that we are not, we have no say in. I mean, uh, the idea that we're storing food under the underground in these gigantic uh, storage areas that we're not supposed to know about, and uh, they they have these massive blast doors. You've seen movies where they have these gigantic metal doors that weigh about fifty tons that have to be closed mechanically to to get them in place. That's what they have for these uh, shelters. And you have a guy who's driving a truck for Kraft. He's, he's got a load of food. He's bringing it into not a food store. He's bringing it into one of these tunnels. And they're dropping it off in a tunnel. And, and people say, you've got to be making this stuff up. No, I'm not making this stuff up. You go online. There's pictures of the guy, and he's taking it on his phone. And he's saying things like, look at this. And he's showing the tunnel on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. He says, look at this. This is where I am right now. I'm in a tunnel with my truck. We have a load of food from Kraft. And there are other companies here with their loads, Walmart and things like that. And they've got loads of stuff, and they're leaving it here too. And you might be sitting there going, come on, Jim. Come on, Bill. There's no way they could make a facility like that. You ever hear of, what, what was it, Greenbrier? Yeah, is that in West yeah, Virginia. You got that? Yeah. In West Virginia until... Until it, it, it the it got the media the media yeah. gave it away uh, gave it away and then the one place that everybody knows that's like that is NORAD NORAD yes. they have the big blast doors goes into the mountain you would have to blow that mountain off the planet and inside of that mountain is so much steel casing that protects more steel casing 
that protects more steel casing, yeah. getting to it to, really would be an act of God. For people who don't know, okay, if you go down to Charleston, West Virginia, and go east about maybe 45 minutes or so, uh, there's a resort called Greenbrier. And mm-hmm. it's been around for 70, 80, 90 years. It's been around for a while. Back in the 50s, they wanted to expand. Actually, what happened was the government went to them and said, look, it, we think your location is ideal for uh, our purposes, for a place for our government to go to if there were to be uh, a nuclear crisis in the future. We want to build a shelter, but we want to keep it top secret. So what we're going to do is... We're going to fund you to build an addition to your resort. You're going to add on to your resort, build a new wing, make it a much more elaborate resort. It'll be on us. But in the meantime, while the construction crew is here building your resort, we're going to have a construction crew here also building our fallout shelter, our huge bomb shelter, the one that Bill was just talking about. And they built an elaborate uh, bomb shelter underground, at the resort, and nobody knew about it for 25, 30, maybe 40 years. Mm-hmm. And then some blabbermouth reporter, I think from the Washington Post, I could be wrong, but I think it was from the Post, he got word that there was a shelter at, at a resort up in West Virginia, and he went up there and he found it, and of course, being the good American that he was and being a patriot and not wanting to divulge the location, He printed it uh, in his newspaper, and the jig was up. They had this multi-million dollar bomb shelter. Now everybody knew where it was. So they said, uh, we can't have it here anymore. We've got to move. So now I believe you can go to Greenbrier, and I think you can probably tour the bomb shelter. It's Anybody can see it now. It's there. And by the way, it's it's probably a perk if you are staying at Greenbrier and there's a nuclear attack. You've got a place to go. It's it's really... Uh, Computers are old down there because they never updated anything. That's but true. You yeah. know what? <clears throat> if you were in that area and there was an attack, that probably would be the place to go because they have a process for food storage right. that they do for the military in war. That, you know, you go to the store and you go, okay, this thing has got a shelf life of nine months, a year and a half. You know, they have a different packaging system Yes, that uh, they put things away for a long hey, time. There was some food that they ate in the Civil War, uh, you know, that, that I mean, they had hardtack, which is like a cracker. Yeah. And, and they didn't call it hard for, <laughs> for no reason. It was like eating stone, but it was nutritious and... You know, if you put it in boiling water, if you took a cup of water and you boil it, and you put put that in some beans and mix it up, you might have something mushy and uh, maybe even tasty to eat. Um, edible. That's, that's what it is, edible. Yeah. Funny, um, and it's kind of a derail here, but uh, there was a guy, I guess he found, uh, and he was a metal detector. You know, he goes out and hunts and researches. Mm-hmm. And he found the old um, Confederate stash of gold. Something like 200 tons or 200,000 tons of Confederate gold. He found that. No, Are you serious? Um, no, the, I'm serious. The, Confeder- the Confederate gold. Confederate gold. There are, t- there are TV shows on right now where they're looking for this stuff. Yeah, no, no, you can look it up. He, he found it. He's suing the FBI because... Oh, I think I read this, Bill. Because, yeah, what he did is right. You know, you find something like that, it's a historical artifact. That gold actually belonged to the Confederacy. So it's really not the U.S. government, but it's you know it would go somewhere. So he would get credit and he would get a finder's fee, but he would go down in history. And what he did is he went and turned it in and said, I found this. Here's where it is. Here's all my information. Here's, here's all the evidence. And overnight, the FBI went in, dug it all out, and took it. And then he sat there and said, so what are we doing? What gold? We don't see no stinking gold. They took the whole 200,000 tons. Sure. And, and so that, is, that isn't the first time. Out in White Sands Missile Grounds, the mm. proving grounds, right? Uh, yeah. Back in the 50s, a guy found that in a mountain, I can't think of the name. It's like Viserary. Or I can't. It starts with a V. There was a TV show on right now about this. Um, 
he found gold in a mountain. And the guy had been searching, but getting to the gold was, was difficult. But the land was technically not, the government had acquired it. It had been his. It, he, you know, the eminent domain, White Sands Proving Ground, we're taking over this territory, and now it's government property. So all of, the guy put in for a permit. He said, look, it's my property. I got the rights to be here. But mm-hmm. you're taking my property over, so I have to ask you whether I can be on my property to dig for this gold. Well, they gave him a permit to, to keep digging, and he dug for years, and supposedly he found the gold. And they watched him and all as, the time. And as soon as he, he got it right, as soon as he found the gold, the government shut him down. Suddenly, and now he's complaining legally. Hey, you know, I found it. I worked it. I I, I got the gold, and just mm-hmm. when I'm getting ready, I'm, I'm within days of going in and taking the gold out. The government comes, shuts us down. While they have control of the mountain, suddenly there's work going on 24/7. You know, and and everything's being hush hush. Then he he finally gets legal approval to go back, and now he can't find the gold. Yeah. And All they needed was time to get rid of it, and then they're going. Later on, senile old man. There's nothing there. Many years later, after he had died, and his younger family members had kept the the dream alive and continued to try to find more gold there, because supposedly the government wasn't able. There was so much gold there they weren't able to take it all out in time. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the guards who was with with the government said, "Yeah, we we found the gold. We were taking it out." So it's not the first time. No. And that's the country we live in. So, But you know what? I'm not complaining because there are worse places to live. But we could be one of the worst places hey. to live if we don't get our act together. I mean, look at, look at in, income tax. Do you remember when income tax came out in 1913? It was supposed to be kind of almost voluntary back then. It was like, well, if you want to help the government, you know. I mean, it was supposed to be an unobtrusive little tax to help the government uh, grow and and, Mm -hmm. and give us more stuff. And it grew deeper and stronger and more pervasive. And suddenly it uh, it was never supposed to be something that would put you in jail. But yet, if you don't pay your taxes, you can go to jail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you know that was uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, there was a guy that used to go around to all the radio stations saying, "You don't have to pay your taxes." Oh yeah, and you don't want to. You don't want. Yeah, you know, you know. If you on your taxes, don't yeah. be a fool. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you like to, uh, <clears throat> if you like to breathe free air, uh, I, I wouldn't listen to that advice. I mean, there, there, you can talk to your congressman. You can ask them to do something legally, but uh, when you start doing things like I'm not paying my taxes. Uh, you're putting yourself and your family in jeopardy. Well, the government did a couple of things, but that's a whole different uh, topic. But they incorporated themselves. They're a corporation. Uh, you know, that's number one. And number two, when you get your tax, re- uh, you know, form, it, uh, you know, it'll ask you, it tells you, it instructs you, this is the amount, tell us the amount of money that you made. You do. Mm-hmm. Tell us the amount of, amount of taxes you paid, you know, and you, and then tell us what you owe us and sign it. So in other words, you're making a pledge to pay that money. They're not telling you that, Yeah, you know, you're telling them that you owe, him, some, owe them some that money. People, some people say if you don't sign that document, you're not obliged. But I mean, I don't know. How, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, if you've ever paid taxes at any point in your life. Yes. You've you, already you're obliged. Yes. You know, the thing is, though, I don't think there's uh, an American citizen out there who wouldn't pay something to help the government function. What gets me more than anything is how they have complicated the process so much that you really can't <clears throat> effectively handle it yourself. I, I'm one of these people that believes that your income tax should be on an index card. How much did you make times mm-hmm. the percentage of that, of that uh, total, and this is how much tax you owe, meaning if you make 50000 a year, and our income tax is 10%, $5,000 goes to the government. Have a good day. That's it. Well, that's a flat tax, which I believe in. You know, 5%, 10%, that's yeah. it. Doesn't go up. 
but you can't write anything off. That's okay. So they would make you, more money. The government would make more money, Bill. Yeah, but then you have uh, you have people that have made a career out of being accountants and politicians that and have the, made and, a career out of that. And a lot of the big billionaires, millionaires, who don't pay a lot of taxes would have to pay much more in taxes. Right. So if you're going to do it, yeah, you're going to have a hard time because even the people that sit there and say, I'm for the little guy and we're going to make uh, the, you know, the rich pay that tax. They know they're not going to make and pay the tax and they know that they're making big money too. And they're not going to pay that tax themselves. It's all for show. Get your popcorn, get something to drink and uh, sit back and watch the fireworks. I would like to see a simpler tax. I mean, we, you know, there was a day that if you were being audited, you as a taxpayer, for the most part, could go in and sit down and and you and the IRS agent could work something out because you could talk and understand what was going on. But now the, it is so complex, the tax laws, it's like a different language and you have to have an accountant do it because they speak that language, mm-hmm. you know? You don't want to go in, it's, it'd be like going into a to speak to somebody uh, who speaks only French and you don't speak French, you know, you're not going to get anything accomplished because you don't understand what's happening. And that's basically what happens with an audit. But I, I do think that with, we have to simplify things and make it easier for, for our, our people. Again, I think people would pay taxes without a problem. I think that I would rather pay a percentage of what I make, a fixed percentage, simple index card. I made this much and I'm going to pay this percentage, and here's my check. And that's you know, it. You know what? There's a lot of uh, people out there go uh, with the taxes. Well, I'd be more than happy to pay the taxes, whatever they are. They're living in this land of the free. Uh, we're not really the land of the free, but okay, when you say that, they were the same people that were going around when the pandemic was here. Look, I don't know what's in a Big Mac, but I, I take it for granted, and I eat that. And so I don't know what's in this shot, but I'm going to take it because it protects me. Actually, you should know what's in that shot. You ought to know what's in the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And that Coke you're drinking, you ought to know what's in that, too. And if you figured all of that out, none of the things are good for you. That's true. You none know, of them. I wonder if our ancestors, the guys who fought uh, the revolution, would uh, how they'd react to all of the taxes we're paying right now. I mean, wasn't there a tax on tea that we were fighting oh, for? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we have that great tea party in Boston where we just... Threw all the tea into the Charles River. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. We're talking about all these things. A lot of things happening in our country. The border is as porous as uh, just about anything can be. I mean, it, it, it's it's flowing like a river with illegals, and uh, we have uh, terrible uh, disasters happening on our rails. Uh, places like uh, East Palestine and down in Kissimmee, Florida, and Doral, and all these different places. And Mitch McConnell gets up there and says to the world this. Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. According to most Republicans, that's sort of how we see the, the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. This fathead is the head of the Republican Party, and he says, with all that's going on in the world, the number one challenge is the war in the Ukraine, not the border, not the people suffering in places like East Palestine. No, 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 no. Not inflation. Nope, that's not it. Not the pandemic. The biggest challenge right now, our biggest problem is the war in the Ukraine. Is this guy on? Is he for real? He he's the head of the Republican Party. I mean, technically, he's the leader. I yeah, know. I guess he is for real, and I think he's an idiot. But um, <laughs> the one thing I worry about with everything that we're doing, we are on the cusp of a nuclear war. Now, our old understanding is, you know, that nobody would survive. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess the uh, you know the the new revelation is. Oh, we would survive, but we would be miserable. And it's it's going to be a gloom, bleak world. So then the question remains, well, if you're going to survive, what do you have to do? And I don't have a list here of things that might be 
fun to do a show, do the prep on it, yeah. and say, well, this is what you need. If we go to war, now there are some places where you could live where, forget it, you know, you don't have to worry about prepping because you're done. Yeah. You know, if you're, you're at ground zero, you're eviscerated, and you're probably the lucky one. But the people that have to live in the aftermath, they've got to figure out where do they get their water to drink, you know, how, how, how do they get that safe, what do they do for food, you know, it's uh, you got a nuclear winter. It's going to be cold. If you're wondering about fallout and things like that, I point back to Palestine, Ohio. They had a young lady on, on TV who came back to her, her house to take a shower and get some clothes. And when she was taking the shower, her skin was all broken out into a rash along her mm-hmm. neck and her chest. Uh, and they, there are a lot of people who are coughing. I mean, I don't know about you, but I find myself coughing more than I, I have done recently. Uh, and I, I live downwind from East Palestine. Of course, I, I, I we talked about this a few days ago. My, my car is covered with a strange black uh, soot that I can't wash off. But that's, I'm being told that's, dust from Oklahoma or something like that by our leaders. No, don't worry about it being the soot from that plume that was 55 miles from your house. And I do think, by the way, Bill, that I do think the people up in Connecticut and in Massachusetts who are complaining about the same thing I'm complaining about, Mm -hmm. I think they're suffering from uh, the residual effect of that stuff too. It had to go somewhere. It had to go somewhere. It It didn't just go up and go down. This thing, if you saw the plume, and by the way, it wasn't just an explosion, a plume, and that's it. It burned for quite some time. It continued to pour this garbage into the air for, I think, hours because they started in the daytime and it was still burning at night. Now, the question would be, there's another one that's going on down in Florida, right? Yes, there is. And that's been going on for weeks? It's been going on for days. Uh, a massive fire in Doral, Florida. It started. The la- I, I guess it started. Uh, it's probably been going on about eight or nine days, and it's just still telling people you should, you know, stay in your house. Don't don't do a lot of traveling outside. Of course, they don't talk about that. They don't want you to talk about that. They don't want people to even know there's another fire happening in our country. Like yeah, that. well, they're not explaining. They're they're doing shelter in place, and shelter in place is not for your protection. No, it's 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 easy to do the body count. Uh, if ever, and you're supposed That's to true. take plastic and tape it up and seal yourself in. Makes you think that you're okay, <laughs> and you put some kind of designation that we're inside. Yes, that way, when it's all over, they can drive by and they can they have the addresses. Uh, they get it from the tax, the tax, your tax collector has all the addresses, how many people live in that house, so they can, you know, drive by and go, yeah, that house right there, 10 people in there. And that, now they have the body count. I hope our country wakes up sooner rather than later because I, I sometimes feel like we're sheeps being led to slaughter. You know, we're complacent. Life is good. Uh, everything's great. I, I can play my video games. I can watch my games on TV. I can watch a movie. I can have my snacks. Life is fine. In the meantime, everything around us is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, and, and I think that I, I, we have to wake up as a people. Is there going to be a point in our in our lifetime where where, where if we're being led to slaughter? Americans are going to stand up and say enough. And I'm and again, it goes back to I'm not talking about going out into the streets. Although demonstration, they've had a lot of those things for the other side, and no one seems to care. Uh, maybe demonstrations aren't bad, but I do think that you should be screaming to your your representatives and your senators and your governors. Let them all know you're tired of this and things had better change, or you're not going to. You're not going to have your job much longer. You're going to well, you know, for- they want the population down in the world. So here's a question for you. We were all so complacent to sit there when they said, you've got to get the shot. You've got to get the shot. Well, right. I don't care what's in the shot. If it's good for me, I'm going to go get that shot. Well, the government said. Yeah, the government said, and they wouldn't lie to me. No. So if they came back and said, look, we are facing a crisis. The world 
and the future of it is in in dire straits. Mm -hmm. We need to reduce the population. So what we're going to do is do a lottery system, kind of like the draft, where you get you pull numbers. Now, if you got a low number, you get to stay. If you if you have a uh, a position of importance, you get to stay unless you're some, you're ill or something like that. The ill, the if elderly, they get the high if numbers. If you're older, like me, <laughs> uh, put your head between your legs and kiss your derriere goodbye. Yeah, so if you got a lottery number that basically said, sorry, but you don't make the cut, would you go, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, would you go walk to an extinction chamber? Where they say, "Don't worry, that you sounds won't do like a thing." A, that sounds like a science fiction movie, horror yeah. movie. Yes, <laughs> but would you would you would no. you do it for the better of mankind? That's what you're doing it. For, Hell no, according to them. Hell no, I'm sorry. My the, the my will to live it, it trumps anything else. Yeah, but do you think a lot of people would say, "Well, it's for the best. I'm going to get a hold of all my friends. We'll have one final party." Well, well they do, they're fast. doing this, and you know, there are some places, there are people who are allowed to do this voluntarily in places. Oh, yeah, euthanasia. Up in, yeah, yeah, euthanasia. They have these capsules now. Have you seen them? They look like a, they look like an, an egg, a giant egg. And apparently, if you want to uh, off yourself, you can get in this capsule, and they'll play music, and I guess they must feed you some kind of a sleeping agent, and you can doze off. And then I guess they shut the oxygen off or something like that. And and before you know it, you are looking at yourself from the other side. And I, I think that's sick myself, but there are people who are doing it. Yeah, they they I think they call that death by dignity. Yeah. And it's it's in the United States, uh, by the way. I, I think, think in, in Washington, Washington State, too, yeah. Yeah, Maine and uh, maybe... Uh, the, somewhere up in the uh, New England states, death by dignity. Well, if a doctor says my my opinion is you you're not going to make it, I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> I mean, who who can I talk to uh, who's better than you are, doctor? I, well, you know, yeah. Let's say that you know you're buying even if you're only buying three or six months. Hmm. That's three or six months that you can you can say goodbye to your family, and have that one nice meal. You know, sitting on the porch watching the sunset. Yeah, you, I'm one you of know. these guys. I, I've always believed this: where there's life, there's hope. And you probably have seen this. Guys will be like, "I got a, <clears throat> I got a diagnosis that I'd be dead in three months, and I've been alive for five years." And I'm thinking to myself, "Well, there you go. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does no, happen every so often. But it does happen every so often, doesn't it?" So, <clears throat> yeah, not you know. some people have had shorter diagnoses than that. So that's true. We've talked about a lot of different things today, uh, which is a, it's in some ways for us it's a, a bit refreshing because you know, to step back from the news of the day a little bit uh, is necessary, I think, to keep to keep a oh, level. Yeah. Head, don't don't worry, friends. There's there's stories out there that are that are looming right now. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah, a lot. We're to just talk waiting about. for them to um, to stick their little heads out and say. I'm here to percolate, as they would say. To percolate, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have the border, of course. We have the war in the Ukraine, which is getting worse by the day. I, I don't know how Joe got out of the Ukraine. Did he take an, an, another train back out uh, for ten hours, or did he fly oh. out? You know. Well, he probably got a pass from from uh, Putin because as soon as he landed, they they actually called Putin to say. Oh, by the way, Joe is in the Ukraine doing a surprise visit. Yeah, they actually said. Uh, Why would you do that? Well, the it wasn't a, it wasn't so much a nice phone call, from my understand. Uh, it was more like, you better not do anything while he's in the Ukraine. We could go on and on and on, but uh, I just see the uh, the clock on the wall here, and it uh, says uh, it's time for us to go. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at itsanotherday.com. That's our website. You can send us a, an email at mail at itsanotherday.com or you can call us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Hey, my friend, have a great day. You stay out of trouble. Hasta la vista. We'll see you.
the voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about It's Another Day. Dot com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>